Hello, friends in English 347, and welcome to week 11. Uh, I promise I will be brief this week. I will not go on for a long time. I just have a couple of things to tell you, a um, couple of explanations, and then I'll leave it up to you um, and to a couple of your classmates um, and to Mark Doty, of course. Um, first is that um, we've got about a month left and I just want to acknowledge how hard I know that's going to be. Um, I, it's, it's, the weather is beautiful. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Everything's still in the middle. Well, we're starting to, I guess, come see the end, see the light at the end, right? Um, but we're still obviously online. And um, I know it's really tempting to... Um, just not want to do everything, <laughs> but I'm going to encourage you to stay on it. Um, the reading, obviously, we've got a lot more of it right now, uh, just because the poems are a lot longer. They're a lot denser. Um, I think the Mark Doty book is going quite quickly. I think I, I'm about halfway through it now, and um, I think it's um, really readable, and that shouldn't be a slog for you. Um, but I can understand how the poems, after you've read Dickinson, how Whitman's poems may feel um, like you're trudging through sludge sometimes. Um, I get it. And um, also I get that it's, it's hard to focus at this point in the semester. Um, but let's um, keep the faith and um, just know that I'm going to be um, keeping up too. I'll be. I have to send alerts if you're if you're missing work, if you're missing any reading responses or writing assignments. I will be sending alerts. Um, so stay on top of stuff, and I'll try to help you stay on top of it too. Okay. Um, and then the other thing is um, what we're doing this week. Um, the topic for this week, um, as you can see, is sex. Whitman and sex. Um, and the second uh, section of Doty's book um, obviously has a lot to say about that. Um, I did want to make note of a couple of things. Um, on page... Page 121-122 of Doty's book, he talks about the various editions of Leaves of Grass, and I'm going to give you a link to the Walt Whitman archive so you can check those out online. Um, so Whitman, as you know, um, he continued to revise Leaves of Grass throughout his life, right? It was first published in uh, 1855, and he continued to revise throughout his life until his death in 1892. And as a matter of fact, that final edition is called the deathbed edition uh, because he was literally revising on his deathbed. Um, so Leaves of Grass becomes a kind of, um, you know, like a garden that he's, um, that he's uh, maintaining, nurturing, um, pruning um, throughout his entire life. And um, he continued to add poems to it and take things away. And as a matter of fact, he took a lot away. He deleted, he, he removed a lot of text 
um, that was considered the more questionable stuff. Okay, so you, as you see the, as you'll see the the um, poems become um, considerably less racy as you as you go through the the various editions, and there are nine of them. Um, so that's a little fact, um, and I want, as I say, I'll I'll send you a link to the the various editions, and you can look at the covers. Um, and then the other uh, is is the poems for this week. Um, they're coming from two different sections, and Mark Doty talks about this, um, how after the first edition, he started to write and publish his poems in clusters, and um, like Dickinson, you know, put her poems together into these little booklets called fascicles. Dickinson had fascicles, Whitman has clusters, okay? So um, the, the poems that I will give you are coming from two different clusters. And one is called The Children of Adam, and the other is called The Calamus Poems. And Mark Doty goes into um, great detail about the Calamus Poems, and he does some close readings of the Calamus Poems. And um, I'll show you on the lesson plan how the um, poems are separated. Um, like half of them belong to the children of Adam. And those poems are all about um, what was known as amative love. Um, that was a term from phrenology, which was like the, the quackery pseudoscience of the day that women was into. Um, amative love was essentially heterosexual love, right? Uh, love between men and women. And adhesive love, which is the subject of the Calamus poems, adhesive love is love between comrades or same-sex love. And Whitman, of course, is stretching the definition, the 19th century definition of what is adhesive love in these poems that are, as Mark Doty says, just about as forthright about queer sex as you can possibly be in the 19th century. Um, and, and Doty goes on to say that he's, he's making a case for why he believes um, these poems are essentially about queer sex and really all of Whitman's work. He says even when women was trying to focus his attention on women, he was still distracted by men. Right, and he ends up writing about men and men's the male body, right, more than he ever writes about the female body. And Taylor will take you through one poem in which he he is talking about women and women as fulfilling a particular function, right, which is to provide his offspring. Um, so anyway, um, Mark Doty is obviously you know. Um, considering his own narrative, his own um, coming of age in terms of his sexuality, his, his coming out, um, he's considering that story as well as Whitman's poems. He's thinking about them together. So you're getting a lot of autobiographical material in here too. Um, I think it's really fabulous. I'm loving this book. Um, so that's really all I, I wanted to tell you, just that you're looking at poems from two different sections this week. 
um, or clusters, right? The children of Adam, um, enfants d'Adam, as it, he used the French um, in the original. So the children of Adam and the Calamus um, poems. And one, um, as Mark Doty will explain, is about uh, heterosexual love. And the second, the Calamus poems, are about queer love. Um, but they're not overtly about queer love because there's the concept of queer love as a discourse didn't exist in Whitman's time. So how could he write about it? Right. So essentially he's using these little codes and gestures throughout the poem, um, verbal codes, um, to, to call to his readers and he had them. And there were plenty of people for whom this went completely over their heads, right? They didn't, they didn't get these references. Um, but if you were a queer reader and you were reading Whitman's work at the time, you would have, okay? Um, and that's what essentially I think Mark Doty is arguing. And he's also, he, he tells you that, you know, scholarship about Whitman's sexuality just completely runs the gamut, you know, from like, um, Whitman wasn't gay to Whitman was a queer pioneer. Um, so obviously I think we can say Doty falls into the latter camp, um, queer pioneer. Um, he, or he, Doty would say that Whitman, Whitman is a queer pioneer, I think. Um, all right. So that's really all I want to say for this week. Um, again, just hang in there. I'm with you. Um, stay the course and uh, have fun this week. I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.